Go ahead, Ed. I, I just, uh, did you watch any college football last night? I watched a little bit in the midst of watching the Philadelphia Phillies as we welcome you into the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app uh, and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Trey, do, what were you going to do to do we want Hold re- on, hold on, hold on. We don't be talking over people. Okay. What do you want to do to be starting the show today since we already had thoughts or Magic Johnson had thoughts on which we had to opine. Yeah, we, we can talk about the Dodgers and Magic and, and the Commanders um, in a moment. Uh, but a couple, you know, last week, you know, this time last week, you and I had a somewhat heated argument between who was a better football team. The University of Texas of El Paso Miners versus Sam Houston, uh, I don't know, Cougars, right? Yes. Um, let, let's look at some scores last night. 27-14. Oh, UTEP won. I saw that, Trey. Very much 27-13. Sam Houston lost. So, UTEP now has two more wins over Sam Houston. Would you... Would you I know they play each other eventually. So, that will be the ultimate decider. But, um... Do you... Are you on my side where... Sam Houston is the worst team in the Conference USA. I'm as much on your side on that, Trey, since you're already looking for praise to start the fast lane. Even that doesn't even have anything to do with what we were going to discuss today. I know, but I'm I thought on, about it. I am on your side as much as you're willing to admit the fact that the covet of the apple of your eye, the coveted player for your Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL draft, B. John Robinson, probably wasn't as good of a fit for this organization as Jalen Carter. And probably wasn't worthy of the top pick in the draft that Philadelphia had, whereas they traded up one spot to get a guy that, barring injury, should be the defensive rookie of the year and, oh, by the way, should last more than six years, which is about the average shelf life of a running back. But I never said the Eagles should draft Bijan over Jalen Carter. Look, I look, you no, I just Trey. didn't no, Trey, I didn't Trey, we can go back on the tape. Go back to the archives because you know how we do it. And guess what? We keep receipts. At Fastlane Ned Lane, Facebook, I'm not, Twitter, Instagram, and where you listen to podcast trade. All the entire lead up to the draft, even at Trey Lyle VT. I wanted Twitter, them to draft Bijan. Yes. You were it was Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Because I didn't think Jalen Carter would be at nine. Uh, hold up. But meanwhile, somebody else, yes, I'm gonna gloat and remind you that I'm not the biggest moron out there even though my picks recently might dictate otherwise I was the one who said not only should Jalen Carter be the guy that Philadelphia takes if they have the choice between Bijan Robinson and Jalen Carter but oh, by the way they would be more likely to trade up for Jalen Carter than they would for Bijan Robinson and what ended up happening well if I yes. said that and I'm, I'm putting a massive if there I was wrong but I don't remember saying the Eagles should I I just said that I didn't think Jalen Carter would get to nine because I mean, the team that has the first pick really looks like they should... Well, granted, they could have back-to-back years of the number one pick and a number one wide receiver, so I don't know if the Bears made a bad mistake. The Bears could have made a bad mistake. But the Falcons made a bad mistake. I mean, no, because that's a whole different argument, but the idea of Jalen Carter being around Georgia, where he already had disciplinary issues and structural challenges, he needed to go... If it wasn't Philly, it should have been Seattle, an organization that's not just geographically a bit farther away, but has an infrastructure in place. Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Seattle have already done this themselves, and certainly Philadelphia with... Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Josh Sweat and that group where you have an infrastructure in place that can help a guy that's immensely talented but has, uh, well, some of the things he does elicits this question from the Three Stooges. Are you that dumb? And unfortunately, Jalen Carter has had to answer yes to those questions. And if you want me to opine about things I was wrong about, I have something for you that I know for sure I was wrong about. 
fire away. The Baltimore Orioles making the World Series. So um, yes, foul ball area podcast. So, we will get to your. They got that many. Yes, zero. they got zero. That's a bigger picture topic to get to later. But do you um, feel better now that I said I admitted I was wrong on something I knew I was wrong about? Trey, you know I'm not saying it's necessarily feeling better. I'm just saying as the as the fast lane here, we brand ourselves. I mean, let's be honest, on accountability. Genuine, but accountability. That's right. That's just why we being love to play this fight. I got receipts. Darn right. Or this one. And guess what? We keep receipts. Because either way, in the immortal words of Coach Prime, who uttered those words after their Week One victory against TCU. Want to know they were on the year, not want to know that week. Uh, well, both that week and that year. We, we, we're not the sports talk platform or the media platform, for that matter, where we never pretend that we're wrong. We always, we, we pretend that we're never wrong, and we are always dodging accountability. Hey, this, that, you know what? You're not alone in, in being wrong. I see a Reds, John Manson was also wrong to me. So he. Oh my God! Listening to this. Okay, okay. This has gotten ridiculous. Of Trey just having to pump his own ego up today. I'm, Trey is Hokie okay? Yeah. Did somebody kick him this morning? No, I'm just mining for. I'm just mining for compliments. I mean, look. I, you know, I want to know what's going on in your life, or you have to be fishing for compliments. Mining, just like this. Ed. Mining for compliments. I mean, look. Get I, it? Because the miners. Okay. Fine. I get the ridiculousness. And yes, Thank it you. is something right, that I I'm would good 100% now. We- have used. <laughs> Look, if you're mining for the best deals, yeah, it's not Trey looking for everything else. It's actually just visiting insaneradiodeals.com because if you want to see the Liberty Flames for any of the remaining home football games, two tickets are normally 70 bucks to get a two-pack of tickets. But at insaneradiodeals.com, you can get them for 22 22 we want to help pack the stands starting this coming Tuesday for Middle Tennessee, the aforementioned trap game that Trey said was going to be a trap game a couple of days ago in the fast lane. You know where to find it, fast lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts because... And guess what? We keep receipts. Duh. And then the other thing, if you want to go with family members, friends, a collection of those, you can go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and load up on some of those tickets. So you can grab two pairs or three pairs, which would be four or six tickets for any remaining home football game for the Liberty Flames. While supplies last, get them at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Okay, now to what we were actually going to discuss to start the fast lane before Trey and his lack of self-esteem needed to find ways to just get as many compliments as possible because apparently one is never enough. He Thank needs you, Ed. A eternal validation like a middle school sweetheart. Yes, you know that reference. Well, and when I get so many shots fired at you, I gotta, you know, I gotta build myself up in this show. Well, Trey, sometimes those shots end up coming your way, but here's the thing. Magic Johnson took shots at the Washington Commanders last week, tweeting, and you know, when Magic Johnson says something on Twitter, we all stop for the amazing insight that he has. In fact, normally it's just nebulous commentary. And it's stuff where it's just, it's like a news blurb with maybe a slight bit of, you know, pizzazz sprinkled in there. But there's really not all that much substance to what comes out from Magic Johnson on a lot of tweets regarding sporting events. However, this one is not like a lot of tweets. It's different. Magic tweeted, Tonight, the Commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half and got down 27-3. Heading into halftime. There it is again. The little bit of news that you could have checked a box score to find out. Magic Johnson continued in his tweet. It was too big of a hole to climb out of. And that is why we ended up losing 
40 to 20. I love the news from Magic Johnson as if I couldn't find it on a box score myself. But here's the thing, though, about what Magic Johnson said. There are three different ways this could be taken and interpreted. If it is the fan Magic Johnson, understand this. If you're opining about the Lakers for whom you played, which Magic Johnson obviously did, story career, championship winning career, one of the all-time best in basketball. But he's not in any executive role with that franchise. He may be tied into the Bus family, tied into the Clutches, who handle all the management decisions behind the scenes at least, LeBron and his group. Uh, LeBron, the GM, of course, coming out with greatness, as we can all tell. Um, LeBron, the player, player, by the way, is an all-time great. LeBron, the GM, not so much. But Magic Johnson opines. He is not tied in to the Lakers. So feel free to have your opinions on that. And he's got a vested interest in wanting them to do well because he's a Laker alum. He helped bring them championships. There is a tight-knit familial atmosphere to that franchise amongst the legends in the blue, the, the purple and gold. And I guess you could throw white and black now since they use those in the alternate uniforms. So I get all of that. I even get it from Magic Johnson, the business person's perspective. Because by tweeting the commanders play with no intensity or fire, we didn't compete in the first half. And then he adds the news portions. Got down 27 to 3 heading into halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of. And that is why we ended up losing 40 to 20. When you put that in as a business person, I understand it. It's not my tactic most of the time. To air out dirty laundry. Notice how I said most of the time, Trey, because sometimes I do, in fact, say those type of things. But it's not a normal thing to which it's done. Here's the thing. That is often a business and a leadership tactic. You're pushing buttons to see if you can get the best performance and results out of somebody for whom you work. And remember, Magic Johnson is the owner, minority as it is, Josh Harris, of course, the big owner, the majority owner, but Magic Johnson has a minority ownership stake in the commander. So pushing for better results to get a better outcome, I get it and I understand it. Doesn't have final say in personnel matters, doesn't have final say in player acquisition or staff shakeups or anything else. But hey, you own a portion of the team, you put some of your money at risk, as low risk as it seems to be owning an NFL franchise. You know, the reality is you do have a voice. You're buying in to having some kind of a voice, as small as it is in a minority position. And you have a right to do that. The flip side to that, though, and this is the concern that I'm not the only one who's brought this up. Randy Mueller, friend of ours here in the fast lane, he's with TheAthletic.com and a former NFL executive of the year with the Saints, the Seahawks, and uh, working in a couple of other organizations as well. But Randy Mueller made this great point as well that when you're the owner and you make this type of comment, it's different from making it as a fan. Because you are inviting potentially additional criticism to an organization that already is going to receive quite a bit of criticism, that already did get a lot of criticism, justified as it were, losing 40 to 20 after falling down 27 to 3 at halftime, as Magic reminded us in his tweet. So you're doing all of that. You are bringing all that into your organization. And if you're doing that as an owner, you've got to be very careful about how often you do that and when you do that. And if you really want to be Jerry Jones, and here's the other thing, Jerry Jones can be the owner that speaks after the losses or after the wins to the media, as absurd as that may sound, because he is the majority owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And let's be honest, the rest of the ownership stake is family pretty much takes that up. So, you know, it is a patriarchal organization. It's different for the Washington commander. You got a minority owner. It is something for which Josh Harris needs to be made aware. 
if you have an owner that continues to do this. And again, people have their nefarious motives in business, whether it's to motivate employees, whether it's to create a level of consternation so that the buyout that might potentially come in a couple of years is greater than the initial investment. And, you know, again, all's fair in love, war, and business, although sometimes dirty motives uh, and dirty tactics really shouldn't be. That's how business often operates, and it's important to keep that in mind. And if you're a business owner who does that but doesn't want your employees to know about it, whoops, we continue to reiterate that once again in the fast lane. But it is just something that's worth noting about Magic Johnson and the Washington Commanders and how they handle that situation. Uh, you know, if you occasionally do it, great. If you do it all the time, it could lose its level of luster and appeal, and it cre could create a distraction from somebody who has a right to have a voice, but is a minority partner in the Washington Commanders. Now, from that story to others that are much less of a distraction, here in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Speaking of the world of fantasy sports, it was announced back on October 5th, a week ago from today, that iRacing will produce a brand new NASCAR simulation style video game in 2025 after buying out NASCAR's contract with Motorsport Games. In addition to releases on the traditional gaming consoles like PlayStation, the Nintendo Group, and others, the game will be available for computers and mobile devices. Uh, curious to get the thoughts of Steven Stump of FrontStretch.com around 5.25, 5.30 today, because this was part of his recent work at FrontStretch.com, but the importance of having motorsports games. Look, I'm in my mid-30s. I, I don't play video games. It doesn't resonate with me. It never has been that big of a deal. To each his or her own, if that's your thing. But to younger people, it's often how they are introduced to a sport. People know the NFL and it has grown its brand presence in part because it has leaned on Madden. MLB's The Show, NBA 2K and those series have all been very popular. The FIFA World Cup game, even though the rights around that have changed in recent months. Those are all things that have introduced younger fans to sports. For NASCAR, this is a key barometer, especially when you consider that while I bemoan the product of Formula One racing and how garbage it actually is as far as the quality of racing, they've connected with a lot of younger viewers from leaning into these alternative methods of marketing, which is why, again, as somebody who has no real desire to play video games, it doesn't resonate with me, I get what NASCAR is doing and why it is important to at least have that. Number four. According to multiple sources, the Big 12 re-engaged with Gonzaga about possibly joining the conference with Brett Yormark, quote, spearheaded, end quote, the renewed push, end quote, presented his case for Gonzaga's inclusion, end quote, during Big 12 meetings last week. Since then, there has been a lot of blowback and brushback on this potential expansion. It's a fine line when you're entrepreneurial of knowing when to prepare your people to strike when the iron is hot, operating a business, expanding and growing a business, anything of that caliber. And Brett Yormark has done a good job for that. But adding Gonzaga right now does not seem to be the right time when there's a lot of blowback. If more conference shakeup takes place, or let me rephrase it, when more conference shakeup takes place, because at some point schools will try to get out of the ACC and will actually go about that route, and it will create another, lo another level of splintering, showing that you're at least entertaining this possibility that you're pushing for a school like Gonzaga could make a school like Gonzaga more appealing to the Big 12 as college football continues to shift around. But pushing it right now, again, it's the ulterior motive versus what the real motive is. What it is right now when you've added 16 or added four teams and made the Big 12, ironically, not 12 schools, but 16 schools, that's where this does sit there and you go, oh, this makes a lot of sense 
from a long-term perspective, but short-term, it's probably not the most ideal move. Number three. One other nugget on NASCAR, and that we'll also discuss with Steven Stump of FrenchStretch.com about the NASCAR schedule. The Chicago Street Race is in fact set to return in 2024, despite costs to the city. It's worth, again, bringing that up because there has been a little speculation out there that even though the NASCAR schedule was released last week and that it was listed as the Chicago Street Race, that NASCAR may have to prepare for contingency plans because of this. It sure seems like folks around Chicago are angling to get out of the agreement in a couple of years. There is the potential to buy your way out of this agreement early, although Chicago may not want to do that, hence why they have not actually approached NASCAR uh, with a strong enough offer to get out of that. But it's going to return in 2024. Um, Now, here's part of the reason of the idea of, quote, getting out, end quote. When Chicago's mayor, Brandon Johnson, says the decision comes even though the inaugural event, quote, generated less economic impact than predicted and cost the city, end quote. And of course, what did it cost the city? Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. As well as a level of headaches. That's, again, another sign that you're laying the groundwork for something to unfold in a certain way down the road. Much like we, of course, have seen when it comes to other forms of laying down the groundwork like the Big 12 and the potential expansion of Gonzaga. Not now, but at some point down the road. Number two. So, FLA LA28 will put forward adding five-on-five flag football plus cricket, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and squash to the IOC, whose all-encompassing, seemingly omnipotent executive board, all-powerful executive board, will review those sports and put them to a vote for their potential inclusion October 16th. Sports that were not selected were breakdancing, karate, kickboxing, and yes, motorsports as an Olympic sport. Missed my chance. You know... In breakdancing, of course. Yeah, of course, with your great skills, Trey. You missed that opportunity. Uh, Motorsports misses out, although in fairness, you know, the disciplines are so different in motorsports that it's, it's really hard to lump them all under one umbrella. F1, IndyCar, NASCAR, and heck, even the disciplines within NASCAR, trucks, Xfinity Cup, are all so different. Uh, you know, theoretically, you would have that with the you know, Rolex 24. I was going to say, there's series. a model out there called the Race of Champions, which is... IROC, big. yes. No, it's different than IROC. It's just called the ROC. Like, it's an event every year where it's like the World Cup of racing, like different countries come, and but... In, it would be difficult to do. I agree with you on that. It would, uh, which is why it's the case. I mean, look, for me, I'd open it up to all sports. I enjoy sports. It's part of what we enjoy, our partnership with Virginia Amateur Sports and the Commonwealth Games, including the Star City Half Marathon and 10K with those great deals at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But, you know, look, I'd like to see all these. It says a lot about a sport like lacrosse, given its popularity. I'm surprised squash is in there over pickleball. I mean, I'm a tennis snob, so pickleball is not really Wait, my thing. Ten- oh, pickleball over what? Squash. Because pickleball, the craze has gotten, it's exploded in the United States. And again, to me, that's better than esports. We discussed that a moment ago. You know, I'd at least like the idea of cricket being makes active. sense. Cricket baseball and a- softball used to be there. I don't know why they left. Cricket's the second most popular sport in the world. Yeah, so. I was going to say, worldwide it is. It's not big in the U.S., but it's certainly popular. And flag football. This is the NFL flexing again, trying to get its sport out to more people and more individuals. And number one <laughs> on the Fast Five at Five-ish. The Liberty Flames. They were selected as the preseason number one team. And the Conference USA Men's Basketball Poll 71 points tying with Middle Tennessee, but the Flames received 5-1 to one edge over the Raiders in first 
place votes. Maybe they could use the football game this coming Tuesday to settle that dispute. Uh, jokes aside about preseason polls, which have only so much merit, keep in mind this. Again, a little refresher. Florida Atlantic was in Conference USA when they made the Final Four. They will not be in Conference USA this basketball season because they are no longer in that conference. They are now in the AAC with schools like Navy, Tulane, although Navy's only in football. And yes, they're also in that conference with schools like Memphis and Charlotte. Liberty positioned to do very well in basketball. Again, I have reservations, even though Kyle Road was tabbed to the preseason all-conference team. Uh, just the replacing of Darius McGee is a real challenge for Liberty, but uh, it, it says a lot about the fact that they should be at least up there in consideration. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Because the Virginia Cavaliers are off and the Liberty Flames already played this week, what he said and what he meant on the Virginia Tech Hokies will be part of a huge focus on college football, but particularly Virginia Tech tomorrow in the Fast Lane. Although... We'll talk a little bit of it with Max Starks, who's going to be on the call for Westwood One uh, of Miami and North Carolina this coming Saturday. That, 545. When we return, Stephen Stumpf, FrontStretch.com, talking NASCAR here in the Fast Lane.